You are now listening to the Big Two Podcast. Play that beautiful intro music. Can't understand why people demand I gotta pick just one. Word in the shop, I've got two adopts by the clan of super sons. One pod has the goal to just want it all and don't care what the people do. Marvel and DC are both written for me. Listen to the big two, the big two. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and this is the very first episode of the big two. And we're going to be talking about DC books and Marvel books. My next guest can be heard on the Pulp to Pixel Network. He is the host alongside his buddy Greg for the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. And right now they are doing the Squadron Supreme cast. So head on over to your favorite podcast player and like, subscribe, and review. Head on over to iTunes and do the same. They would definitely appreciate that. So here is my guest, Sean Ross. How's it going, Sean? Hey, it's good, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm especially honored to be a guest on the first episode. I'm excited for the new show. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I've, I'm excited. I'm excited about the really cool stuff that you guys have been doing over there. I listened to the first episode. It went very well. It was really fun to listen to. Yeah, thanks. We're excited. We, you know, nor- like you said, we normally cover Secret Wars. We cover every issue of every miniseries. And we covered it volume one, which was great. Volume two, which is less great, but the show was still fun. <laughs> and then we're just taking a little break before volume three because it's so much. I mean, we're effectively covering yeah. all of Hickman's Marvel work. And so we're just taking a little cool. break and doing a, that fun Squadron Supreme mini series. So it's really cool. And it's a great series to talk about. Yeah, man. If you guys haven't checked them out, head on over there now and uh, head on over to you guys are on iTunes and all that good stuff, right? Yep. So you yep. guys, they can go over there and subscribe, like, and review so, so that they can get you guys' uh, input and, uh, you know, their numbers can go up. So, all right, man. So this week we're going to be talking some really cool books. Uh, we're going to be talking about some two new books from Marvel and DC, and then we're going to kind of grab a couple of books that pertain to those issues that we picked. My pick this week was Action Comics 1011. That's the beginning of the event Leviathan, right? And we've kind of been hearing Leviathan for a little while. You mentioned to me earlier that Silencer was, uh, you know, she is a, a um, assassin or, or she's a part of the Leviathan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Yeah, that, that series has been steeped in it. So that, that's, it's kind of under the radar, too. It's actually ending in the next issue, yeah. but I highly recommend it. Yeah, there was a, quite a bit of people who really liked it at, in, in the beginning and then kind of it kind of fell off for a little while. Nobody really talks about it anymore. Yeah, that whole line, that whole New Age of Heroes line kind of faded a bit but of that (laughs) line silencers is definitely the best and the thing that's cool about it is it's one giant story arc so it's going to go 18 issues and the next issue is the last issue it's been all one big story arc with like smaller chapters in between and it's going to read really nicely in trades awesome awesome that one that might be one that i pick up in trade because i didn't get to uh, catch it as uh, single issues so but yeah, so we're going to be talking about that one. My second book kind of pertains to this one because it is the very first appearance of Leviathan and it is Batman the Return number one. So that's pretty cool. And then what were your picks this week? So my picks were Daredevil issue five, which just came out two weeks ago. And then uh, two volumes earlier, Daredevil issue seven. And it'll, it'll be pretty interesting to juxtapose those two very different looks at that character. Yeah, I read both of them and they were really well written. I think I there is one that I like a whole lot more than the other, but man, they are two completely different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sides of the scale. It, it, this is going to be really cool to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump right into the books. All right. 
Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez here, host of The Big Two. I'm here to let you guys know that we have a really cool Twitter. You can check us out at The Big Two Pod. We are also on Facebook. Just search The Big Two and you will find us there. And if you guys are Instagram users, you can find us there as well at The Big Two Pod. We would definitely appreciate it if you guys went over to iTunes, subscribed, and reviewed our show. That will definitely be helping new listeners find us and check us out there. And if you guys would like to chime in on any of the books that we're going to be talking about in the show, head over to our voicemail line. It is 480-359-5943. Again, that voicemail number is 480-359-5943. Drop us a line, let us know how we're doing, and please keep it clean. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Big Two is a spoiler podcast. You've been warned. All right, the first book that we're going to be talking about is Action Comics 1011, Leviathan Rising Part 5. Brian Michael Bendis is on script, Steve Epting on art and cover, Brad Anderson colors, Josh Reed letters, Francis Matapal variant cover, Jessica Chan associate editor, Mike Cotton editor, and Brian Cunningham group editor. In this issue, we open up with Kate Spencer and Maggie Sawyer going at it head-to-head. Kate Spencer manages to get away from the task force led by Maggie Sawyer. Meanwhile, Superman searches for Lois Lane after a mysterious blue light is seen. His search finally ends as Lois exits Spiral Camouflage Tech after meeting with an agent of Spiral. Soups and Lois drop in on Helena Bertinelli on a Gotham rooftop looking for answers. Meanwhile, in the Fortress of Solitude, Jimmy wakes up from an attack at the hands of Amanda Waller. She fought her way out of the fortress and stole a vehicle that Batman left behind. Somewhere in a hospital bed, the Guardian is visited by a mysterious man who seems to be recruiting him for something big. And along with Superman and his friends, we're left to wonder, who is behind the Leviathan if it's not Talia al Ghul? So, Sean, what did you think about this one? I love it, man. I was really excited when Bendis made the jump from Marvel to DC. And uh-huh. I'm absolutely a, a huge Brian Michael Bendis fan. But I, I will admit, and I think he admitted, he was growing a little stale at Marvel, which is understandable. Yeah. It had been like 18 years, right? So, when he jumped to DC, and he, especially to Superman, I was like, ah, let's see. And I'll admit, the first few issues, that Man of Steel mini, yeah. it was it was okay. There were some great character moments, but it kind of very typical of Bendis. The moments are, are often better than the sum of their parts, which, again, I love his work. But when he's not great, that's usually why. It's, yeah. it's a lot of great scenes that don't add to a great story. But he is killing it on action. And the entire book so far has been building up to this secret this event, Leviathan. And it's just really cool because, I mean, yeah, like you said, you have all these clandestine spy agencies, right? Like, you know, Checkmate and even, even bad ones like Cobra. Mm-hmm. And Leviathan is going in and destroying them. I mean, their buildings are destroyed. All of the people they think are killed, but what we find out in this issue is they may have just disappeared. Yeah. They're starting to realize there are no bodies anywhere. Yeah, that was really And it's a mystery. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just like this big mystery that's building. Yeah. And I love action in particular 
because instead of it being a Superman problem, it's a Clark and Lois problem. <laughs> and it's super cool to see them as reporters. Yeah, this was really cool. I, I was I was one of those people, too. When when Bendis came on, I don't know if I was like excited. I, I was like, OK, let's let's see how this goes. You know, let's let's see what he's going to do. And and that Superman series, I, I, I was on it for a little while and then I kind of fell off and I didn't really finish it. And then I, I kind of followed his action a little bit more. And then now that I read this issue, I was like, okay, I want to go back and finish those those issues that I fell off on because this is really good. The way this is mm-hmm. is is uh, kind of laid out for you, I loved it. I was on my uh, on the edge of my seat the entire time that I was reading this. And you're right, there's that like you said that the thrill, the mystery, uh, thriller kind of thing. That's what the way they explain this. It's a six issue mystery thriller. And that's mm-hmm. the way this kind of this book feels here. It is kind of like a like a thriller. It's it's it makes you sit there and and wonder what the heck is going to be going on in this. I am very excited for this event that they're going to be doing. Well, and there are a couple really cool things happening in this in this series and in this issue in particular that are like kind of prototypical Bendis. It's something I love about him. Like people forget because this was so long ago, but when he first really hit at Marvel and he got like New Avengers mm-hmm. as a book. One of the things he did, and this is kind of his MO, is he rescued these really great characters from obscurity. Like Luke Cage was not on anybody's radar until Brian Michael Bendis put him in Alias and then in New Avengers. You know, Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew was not on anybody's Mm -hmm. radar until he did that. And and I've read a lot of interviews with him. He really prides himself on like reminding people of these great characters that exist. And so Event Leviathan, this issue opens with Kate freaking Spencer, Manhunter. And not many people remember her. She had a... I mean, like a 36 issue series in the night, in the, in the mid 2000s, right around like identity crisis. Yeah. And she was a great character. She's a lawyer. She's a prosecutor, but she like dons the manhunter garb at night and goes after criminals and kills them. Yeah. Like she is kind of daredevil with an, ed- with a little bit more edge. And she has not been seen as far as I know in the new 52 or at mm-hmm. least not much. So it was so cool to have the story open with her and to know that she's like a major player in Leviathan in the in the event Leviathan mini, and then he's bringing the question back, yeah. which is so cool. He's like one of my favorite characters, and he's got Huntress in here, and he's got Agent Thirty Seven from the the Grayson series yeah. by Tom King yeah. and Tim Seeley. I love that series. So I mean, I love that. Yeah. So like, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on like the kinds of characters he's bringing into this? I thought it was really cool. Yeah, like you said, you didn't you, these these characters. They're not very. Uh, I don't want to say familiar, but, but they're really, you, you don't see them too much. Like you said, they, they, they are those, those obscure characters that are just people kind of like, well, I don't want to say throwaway characters, but people kind of threw them away here and there. I, I do. I like the way he's going to be bringing them in. He, they might be kind of, uh, boosted to this level where they're going to be, uh, household names just as much as, mm-hmm. as, as Clark Kent and maybe not, but you know what I'm saying? That he's just, he definitely is elevating where if they were a little bit of a lower level character, now that they're going to be elevated, at least in this event, a little bit more. I do like that, that idea. Yeah, me too. And, and he even, I, I don't know if you knew who this was. There's that scene in the hospital. There's a character in like like in the hospital, and a guy comes in, it's seemingly as doctor, but then it finds out you find out it's not. It's probably Leviathan. Yeah. Uh, or no, sorry, it's not Leviathan. It's the question, and you think it's Leviathan, you find out it's a question. Uh-huh. But he comes in and he's talking to him, and he calls him Harper. Yeah. And it took me a second to realize it's Jim Harper, the Guardian, that that old Jack Kirby yeah, character, yeah. Who, who was like a big player in the Superman books in the '90s. 
And I'm like, oh, here's another like obscure character he's bringing in. And so I, yeah. I love this yeah. book. I'm super excited, you know, that he's focusing on these characters. And then also the fact that, you know, Bendis worked at a newspaper because that's how he kind of got his start for like a decade. Okay. And the fact that he knows what a newspaper looks like, how oh, it runs. runs yeah. And he's got low, yeah, and he's got Lois and Clark like as reporters on the front line doing stories. It's just, it's just cool. I'm just, I'm so excited for this. And I was really excited when you picked this book because. Yeah. Action's probably like one of my top three favorite series right now. Yeah, it's definitely really good. I do like like seeing Lois actually out there in the field reporting, getting getting her hands dirty. And at first, I was like, "Who's this chicken in in this in this blonde? Like, who is this? I don't know." <laughs> and then later on, you 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 uh, see when Superman's looking for. I, I couldn't find you, couldn't see you, and, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Lois." And I had to flip back a co- couple pages, and I was like, "Well, that's." That's kind of cool because it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of tripped me out a little bit too. He made me trip over those pages a little bit too, and I like that. That was really interesting to see. And she's never she doesn't stop right. She doesn't stop Mm-mm. reporting. He's got her in her arms, and she's just typing away, just always on a story. I love that. That is that's Lois Lane, right? Well, and that's what's so cool is is you know this leads to this event Leviathan mini is going to lead to a 12-issue maxi-series by Greg Rucka, yeah. uh, a Lois Lane series. And I am dying for that, man. Oh, Greg man. Rucka is one of my favorite writers ever. But when he was on Superman, when he was on the Superman books l- quite a while uh-huh. ago, his Lois Lane was the best Lois Lane ever. Like, like she was basically the main character for a lot of his run. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get her back again as like intrepid reporter, yeah. you know, like super dangerous woman, um, you know, who happens to be married to Superman instead of, you know, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Right, right. And talk talking about um, bringing characters in, we got Helena Burnell in, in, coming in here. Yeah, and and this this is what's so cool, man. So this this one issue, you don't have to have been steeped in like recent DC continuity to to follow this at all. But if you happen to have read Grayson, uh-huh. the book by Tim King, yeah. Tom Seeley, and Mikkel Jannon, which was phenomenal, yeah, it was great, great. Then Agent Thirty Seven, like the the guy who shows up to give Lois the info on Spiral, that's Agent Thirty Seven. Uh-huh. He's a major player from that book. And then yeah. the Huntress, Helena Bertinelli, you know, was a major player in that book. And actually, I read an interview with Bendis recently, and he said that that moment when Lois is talking to Agent 37 and getting the info, that was actually supposed to be Dick Grayson. Yeah. But with all the wackiness going on in his book right now where he's, you know, Rick Grayson, which is whatever. <laughs> um, I thought that he had to change it. I thought they called uh, him Agent 37 in, the, in that book. Or am I wrong uh I, you know what i may be getting that wrong maybe maybe this guy's a different but he was like he was his like nemesis and then kind of buddy yeah yeah um, in in grayson and, and then helena bertinelli too and then mr bones like from infinity inc <laughs> and chase is you know head of the deo yeah. and i mean bendis is just like he's bringing all kinds of diving into <laughs> yeah he's like diving into great dc continuity and look as somebody who hated the new 52 because it did away with the universe i had invested mm-hmm. in for you yeah. know 30 years i'm super excited to see somebody coming back being like yeah we're gonna reopen those boxes like yeah. we're gonna make we're gonna show you the the tapestry again yeah it, it's definitely making me very excited to to uh get into these books and, and i don't know man i don't i don't want to say i'm gonna put batman away but uh, this is a really great book i i can't believe that i haven't kind of uh kept up with this this run for for the for at least a handful of uh, books, man, because they they have definitely been have been outdoing themselves. Yeah, and the the thing I like that they're doing too is is even though Bendis is writing both Superman and action, he has kept them as very separate books. Yeah. Like Superman is the high action 
kind of universe spanning, you know, uh, fighting the big space villains book. <laughs> and honestly, it's been the weaker of the two. Action has been more like a street level kind of grim, you know, a little bit of a grittier book, yeah. a little more noir. And it's been, it's been a hugely pleasant surprise. In fact, this is my favorite. This is the best Superman run I've read in probably. 20 years wow. i mean it's it's really yeah i like it that much like i i haven't liked a superman run this much since probably greg rucka wow. or maybe even the, the first jeff Loeb run. well that's saying a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i love it i was i was psyched when you picked this issue yeah pretty cool and then um so now we're i'm gonna move into to uh bet the batman return a little bit here and and that one is was a grant morrison book right and this one was a really good read. We're picking this one up right, uh, in that, that moment where, where, uh, Batman is kind of, uh, coming back. He, he's, you know, you had Damien and, and Dick Grayson who were Batman and Robin. And you kind of see this little bit of a, a, oh man, you're back kind of a thing. Like we were, we had it going pretty good here what you you're kind of like it's kind of like you know when the parents come in they ruin the party <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I look i actually agreed with damien in that because you know well while it, so final crisis ends with with batman being shot by the omega beams by dark side mm-hmm. and you realize that he's not actually dead he's been transported into time and there's that whole return of bruce wayne miniseries where he fights his way back to the present yeah. and during that whole time dick grayson is batman and damien is robin it is the only time I could tolerate Damien as Robin <laughs> because he is so awful. He's such, and he's supposed to be. So, I mean, he's yeah. supposed to be a little snot yeah. and he is, and I cannot stand him. And yet, the only when paired one. with Dick, <laughs> oh, no way, right? And yet, when paired with Dick Grayson as Batman, the, they worked really well together. Dick could kind of put him in his place, but also kind of gave him the love he needed without it being like the whole, all the daddy issues that come with Bruce yeah. and and so I, I actually was disappointed when he came back too. I was like, man, I could have Dick Grayson as Batman for the rest of my life and be happy. But, you know, of course that's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really interesting to kind of see this. And, and it, and that's the way it kind of felt in that room too. When you see, you know, Bruce is back in the suit and, and they're all, you kind of that, that page there where they're all standing there and it almost feels like that, like exactly that. You're like, like, oh man, this is not, this is kind of, off kilter this is not right this is mm-hmm. a little weird and off so i i kind of like that so how does that book connect to to action what made you pick it i picked it because it's the first appearance of leviathan mm-hmm. and so the way i got my start into comic books i i read them off the spinner racks when i was a kid first book i ever picked up was like uh x-men it was like the 1990s one it was x-men number one it was the jim lee cover and i <laughs> that's a good I book. picked that one picked that one up off the spinner rack in the 90s and i think the second book i ever picked up was and it's funny because i'm a big huge dc guy i picked up two marvel books i picked up silver surfer and the x-men and and that's what kind of kicked off my collecting and then for a while there for a long t- period of time i wasn't really much into comic books and collecting i don't know if it was because i discovered girls or what and girls didn't like the geeky (laughs) stuff so i didn't (laughs) get into that stuff but um i didn't pick it up until i was back into my adulthood and by Mm -hmm. that time you know new 52 was already kind of falling off and transitioning into uh rebirth and that kind of stuff and that's when i kind of picked it back up and started collecting again so i really there's a big chunk of of comic book you know time that i hadn't uh read any books or or followed any of these storylines so 
I was like, well, I don't really know too much about Leviathan. I want to find out. So I started mm-hmm. researching them and I saw, and I was like, well, what's the first appearance of Leviathan? And this popped up. So I kind of read it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I've always meant to kind of go back and read those books when, when, uh, Dick Grayson and Damien were Batman and Robin. And this kind of made me want to go back and be like, okay, I get this feeling that they don't want him there. They don't want him back as, as, as Batman. I want to see why that is and why they were so good. So this is kind of why I picked it because I want to be, it, it kind of intrigued me to go back and read those, those runs. Yeah. And, and as that run, it's interesting because he comes back, right? He comes back from that fight through time and he learns about Leviathan and there's, there's a faint. They, they think it's this guy, Dr. Daedalus, uh, who, who was a player in the Grayson series later. And it turns out it's not. It turns out that the the person behind Leviathan. Are you okay if I if I steal? Are you you building this moment? No, no, are you okay if I go say right it? ahead? So so the person behind Leviathan is Talia Al Ghul, yeah. Rachel Ghul's daughter. You know, and, and Batman and Talia over the decades have had a very weird, mm-hmm. um, sexually tense relationship. And she's Damien's mom. And you know, in, in one continuity, she and Batman slept together in Son of the Demon or Bride of the Demon. Mm-hmm. And that Damien is his natural child, but they've kind of weirdly retconned it where Damien is a clone because she kind of stole Batman's <laughs> genetic yeah. sample, which is troubling on many levels. <laughs> um, but having said that, it's Talia Al Ghul kind of stepping out of her father's shadow and saying like, no, no, dad, you've run your big world destroying organizations mm-hmm. long enough and you've sucked. So I'm yeah. stepping in and I'm going to show you how it's done. And she is ruthless. And so... So for the last, I mean, Batman Returns came out, what, like 10 years ago? I think so. And, and so, because it was right before New 52, because it was one of the weird, rare books that even though New 52 happened, they just pretended it didn't. They just like continued Batman Incorporated right <laughs> in through it. And, uh, and so, so Leviathan has been Talia and it's been this organization and, you know, sort of criminal empire with its reaches everywhere. And, and it's popped up in cool places. I mean, you know, Batman Incorporated. They fought Leviathan for most of it, resulting in the death of Damien, actually, at mm-hmm. one point, which unfortunately didn't stick. And, um, and you know, they, it kept being like a Batman villain. And then the, the recent Silencer series by uh, Robert Venditti and John Bogdanov, um, uh, Bogdanovich, sorry, wrong artist, John Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool book because she's an assassin. Wow. For for Leviathan, yeah. but she gets out of the. I mean, it's John. It's Joan Wick, basically. It's it's <laughs> John. It, it really is, honestly. It's Joan Wick meets Kill Bill, That's and awesome. she she gets out of the life. Yeah, she earns her way out of the life by doing a favor for Talia, and she has a husband and a kid. But Talia comes calling, and she gets pulled back into the life. And so that whole book is about Leviathan. But the cool thing is, is Bendis isn't telling that story, yeah. and and yeah. it's the silencer in particular lays the seeds, lays the groundwork to say. Hey, Talia is getting booted out of Leviathan or, or Talia is not the person behind this. Somebody new has stepped in. Yeah. And that's what I'm most excited for because Leviathan has been this one thing for about 10 years. It's been yeah. Talia's group and that's cool, but I'm ready to see kind of what's happening. What's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because in the in one of the last pages there, the actual last page of Action 1011, you know, you see that really awesome page where you see superman there and he's like who is leviathan and what do they want and and what happens tomorrow and you kind of see what's going on here it's 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 really interesting that that they don't even know because they even say it's not it's not talia it can't be her um so who who is it who who's going to be 
uh, head of this organization and, and what the heck are they going to be doing? Because it almost seems like they're, they're either, are they're, they're infiltrating, uh, all these different, um, you know, spy networks or they're, they're just taking them completely out. Yeah. And, and the taking the other groups off the board is really interesting too, because there's this court, sort of sense of like inevitability about those agencies. Like, you know, it's almost like Marvel, like shield goes away at uh-huh. times, but it's always going to come back. And same thing with checkmate in the DC universe or, or Argus or DEO, you know, all of those organizations. And they've all appeared some cool places like Argus is on arrow and yeah. DEO is on the Supergirl TV mm-hmm. show. And, and so, for somebody to get in there and destroy them is really cool. And then there's, there's some little neat things that I think are going to be faints, but they're still cool. Like, like the energy that destroys the buildings, but also maybe teleports the people is blue. Yeah. And it kind of looks like Dr. Manhattan's energy, even though I don't think for a second that Bendis is tying this into Doomsday Clock. I think it's a faint, oh, but yeah. it's, it's still purposely done. You're supposed to think for a moment like, Oh, wait, whoa. And I don't think that's where he's going, but it's just fun. How, how would you feel if that was the, was, uh, was going to happen? I would be really mad. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I would. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I trust Bendis as a writer, but, and I, and actually I've weirdly come around on Doomsday Clock. I hate the idea yeah. of it. And I could not stand it the first couple issues because mm-hmm. I'm like, God, leave Watchmen alone. Yeah, You're I not going to improve on it. I think everybody's oh at, my that, God, at that right? same point with you, too. I think they're all kind of like, yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, like you're not going to make it better. Like it's not like, you know, you just it's not going to happen. And so I was really angry. And then at one point, uh, John's is just too good a writer and uh-huh. Frank is just too, Gary Frank's too good an artist. At one point, one of the issues was so well written and drawn that I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy yeah. this. In my mind, I'm going to say it's an Elseworld. Okay. So in my in my head canon, it's not in <laughs> continuity, and I have loved it ever since I made that decision. Now that decision is not real. I mean, I can also decide tomorrow that I'm six three and you know 185 pounds, like five percent body fat. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> Wait, so that's not the way it I, works. I, I, no, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so I've made this weird decision, and I've loved it since then. But no, I would be really angry, and I don't think yeah. that's the story Bendis yeah, is telling. I hope not. And actually. I'm really hoping that this Leviathan thing is not super connected to the rest of the DC universe so that Bendis gets to keep his own little pocket, mm-hmm. his own little corner and develop it out before it gets, you know, kind of touched so that touches other stuff. You think you think that that's what they would do, though, or you think that that would be kind of a cash grab and that they they're like, this is so good. We have to kind of do the crossover thing and do a whole, you know, metal all over again. Yeah, I mean, I think the cash grabs, re- it's realistic. It's always there. But I do think, I don't think they're foolish enough to marry it to Doomsday Clock because Doomsday Clock is taking so long yeah, to come mm-hmm. out. I mean, they've, they've made some other decisions. Like they've, uh, that Shazam book was not supposed to be released until Doomsday Clock was over, but they released it way before. Yeah. And now that was to coincide with the movie. But so they, they are acknowledging that Doomsday Clock isn't you know, moving fast enough. So I'm hoping not, yeah. but again, I think it's a feint and, and I just, I'm loving it. I cannot wait next week. The Superman 80 page giant comes out, the Leviathan. Oh, so cool. And that's like, oh yeah. And it's written by Bendis, Matt Fraction, who's going to be writing the Jimmy Olsen maxi series that comes out of this. Awesome. And Greg Rucka, who's writing the Lois Lane one. And that's like, almost like, it's almost like event Leviathan issue zero. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for that. I'm really excited. Yeah, to read I, when it. I read this, I, I, I was like, you know, I kind of like, uh, Jimmy Olsen in this. This is, this is a different kind of Jimmy here, right? We, mm-hmm. Sometimes we kind of see him like, kind of like, like, uh, suck up a little bit to Superman, but that's, but that's <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, right? That's what he's always done. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's still that there. That core is there, but he's way cooler. In oh, this yeah. Book. He's, this is really cool. Like, <laughs> like he even told off, uh, 
Amanda Waller for a little bit there. But this is, uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely think that this is going to be really good. Uh, I am definitely on board. Um, I, I hope everybody else is on board, too. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was, and I'm glad to get to talk about it. I don't really get to talk about DC books very often. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited that they have a really great, uh, creative team on this event. It looks like it's going to be Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Mayleave. I love that team together, man. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, they're an all time great. They're Brian Michael Bendis and, and Alex Mayleave's Daredevil run is, I, I think probably my favorite Daredevil run yeah, ever. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great artist and paired with Bendis, man. They can't, they can't do anything. I don't want to say they can't do anything wrong. I really hope they won't, but, <laughs> but man, it's going to be. Yeah. Let's not forget Civil War two. I mean, Bendis has, Bendis has his bad moments, man. There's no escaping that one. Yeah. You know all about that one, right? <laughs> oh God. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up and move on to our next segment. Challenge of the month. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where I challenge my guest hosts to something comic book related. And hey, guess what, Sean? You're the first one on the show, so I get to challenge you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm, I, I watched Challenge of the Super Friends. So I think I can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So my challenge for you is to... Are you ready? Should we have a drum roll here in this moment? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So my challenge for you is to gather up some books, maybe some books that you don't read or that you haven't read, something that, that is sitting in your long box that's collecting a little bit too much of uh, dust and something that you may think that somebody else would enjoy gather those up and just pass them out to somebody who you think would definitely love to have those it's a very easy one to do but uh, maybe not to somebody because if somebody asked me to do that i'd probably be sitting here i have to to give away my books really but that's going to be my challenge for you that's a cool challenge, man. And I, I think I have a very interesting idea of how I'm going to meet that. And I, I'd, I'd be really excited to talk about that in the future because it's, it's something pretty cool that I've always wanted to be a part of. So yeah, so that's good. It's a good challenge. I think, I think I know how to meet it. All right. Awesome. So next time that we uh, have you on, or maybe we can check in with you sometime soon in the future and we'll talk about the challenge and see how you did. All right, man. I'm, I'm down for it. Awesome. Awesome. So. This is a really quick segment, but this is definitely something that I wanted to do because I, so my, my whole idea is to, you know, get people out into the local comic book uh, shops and the local comic book uh, community and just, you know, share our love for comic books and everything that we do. You know, we are a bunch of guys sitting in front of a microphone talking about comic books, but you know what? A lot of times we don't get out into the shops and we can't get people to step into the shops. So this is, this is my, my kind of, uh, my platform to kind of figure out a way to get people to walk back into a comic shop. Very cool, man. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on and doing that and accepting the challenge. We'll check in with you next time. All right. Thanks. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvis here, host of the big two podcast. I'm here letting you guys know that when I was getting this podcast set up, I was searching out some graphic designers to make me a really cool looking t-shirt. So what did I do? I went over to Fiverr.com and I found Ryan B. Fly. That is R-Y-A-N, the letter B-F-L-Y. 
And what he did for me, guys, was he gave me an offer code exclusively for my listeners and all my podcast friends out there who were looking to get some t-shirts done. So that offer code is Fiverr Double. That is F-I-V-E-R-R-D-O-U-B-L-E. And you head over to Ryan B. Fly's page. Tell him that you heard about this on the Big Two Podcast. And he will give you a two-for-one deal. And that will work on his most basic gig. So I suggest you guys head on over to Fiverr.com right now. Search out Ryan B. Fly and get some really great artwork done for your t-shirts. And remember, when you use that offer code, tell them that you heard about it right here on the Big Two Podcast. We'll see you guys later. Start speaking up When the bills they keep adding up When the tables run out of luck Okay, so up next, it was my pick, actually, and I went with Marvel. And the book I picked from the last two weeks was Daredevil number five. Now, this is Daredevil volume five, number five, because, you know, Marvel reboots books every other week. (laughs) But it is a surprisingly fantastic run. Chip Zdarsky is writing it and Marco Chachito... Chichetto, sorry about that. And Marco Chichetto is writing it. Uh, I did not mean to make him sound like Chester Cheetah. It is such a good book. And I'm I'm so pleasantly surprised by it because I think of Chip Zdarsky primarily as a an artist. Mm-hmm. He's a great artist. And I think of him as a comedian, like a comic writer. Okay. Uh, like a, a writer of comic, of funny comic books, I should say. And so I was not prepared for this run and it is so good. It's so yeah. dark. And and to p- kind of basically lead the listeners to the issue, to issue yeah. five, the series has opened off the heels of the last series, volume four, which was Charles Soule. And that book ended with Daredevil in a car accident, of all things, actually. He's in a really bad car accident crossing the street. And he's in the hospital for like months, and he has to heal. And he stops being Daredevil, obviously, during that time. And so... Zdarsky's run opens with him trying to get back out on the streets, try to be Daredevil, but he is not fully healed. And he jumps into this like small time crime. It's like three mm-hmm. hoods breaking into like a pawn shop. And it's something that in any other comic book, he wraps up in two seconds. Yeah. And he has real trouble fighting these guys. And he's actually kind of getting beat. And he strikes out and he's fighting even harder. And he inadvertently kills one of the three guys. And he, and he wow. swings away. And so all of a sudden he's wanted for murder. So the kingpin, Wilson Fisk, is the mayor. That's also from Charles Soule's run. And he puts out an APB on Daredevil, wanted for murder. There's a cop that's hunting him. And the entire time, Daredevil and the reader is convinced that this is a setup, that he didn't actually okay. kill that guy, that that Fisk sort of came in and planted that evidence afterwards to make him look like a murderer. So Daredevil goes on, you know, keeps going out into the city, even though he's not 100%, even though he's being hunted. The cops are after him. Everyone's after him. And he gets arrested. He actually gets shot by a cop. And a cop beats him down. And he gets arrested. And on his way, I mean, and he's like, it's over. He's like, they're going to take me to jail. They're going to unmask me. It's over. My whole life is over. And Frank Castle intervenes, rescues him, weirdly to kind of recruit him and taunt him. Because the Punisher's (laughs) like, oh, it's weird. He's like, oh, I heard you killed a guy. You finally get it. Now you can help me. And Daredevil's like, hell no. And so they have a big fight. <laughs> and he escapes and he needs to head home to heal. But instead, and this is where issue five opens. He goes after the owl, his villain, who's moving drugs in through New York. Mm-hmm. And he goes after him alone. And he's so messed up. He's so physically messed up and mentally messed up. 
he doesn't realize he's wearing a Punisher shirt. Even he's like <laughs> he's like the the you know Punisher devil. Yeah. So he goes in and he's trying to take out the owls guys and he's getting beat down. But luckily, is Luke Cage, Danny Rand, and, and Jessica Jones step in to help him. They take him back to help him heal, and he wigs out on them. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh my god, I murdered somebody!" And they're like, "Yeah, we've all done it." They're like, "We're not saying it's okay." But every single one of us, if you're going to live this life, you're going to inadvertently kill somebody at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with it. And you have to try to be better. And he wigs out. He's like, you're murderers. We're all murderers. And he heads back home and Spider-Man is waiting for him. And he's like, he's like, and this is one of the best written scenes I've read in comics in a so long cool. time. Yeah. He's like, look, we all know we, didn't, we can't do this forever. We all know there's an end. This is your end. Mm-hmm. You killed a guy. And he's like, and look, I've done it too. And I did some soul searching, but I came back stronger. You're not coming back stronger. You're coming back crazy. And you're going to, you're going to end it for all of us if you keep going. Yeah. And he's like, you're done. That's it. And Matt breaks down and he's like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm not Daredevil anymore. And it's so good. So yeah. I want to know what, what are your thoughts on this? Cause I'm loving this series. Oh man. It's this issue alone is so good. I, I was, I was reading this and, and it did. It felt like he was, he was, he was, you could tell that he was like, okay, I'm doing this. At first he was kind of holding his, his own for a little while. But then just left and right, he was just getting knocked and knocked and knocked and couldn't. And then all of a sudden he kind of like blacks out and then shows up in somebody's living room and they're all there (laughs) and he freaks out, Mm -hmm. like you said. But it was like such a perfect, like the flow and the way, the way everything just kind of laid out. It was just such a perfect, perfect way. I, I was really excited to read in this book. Um, I did want to, <laughs> I don't know if you, if you, uh, and, and this is probably one of those obvious things. People are probably going to be thinking about it too. But did you, had, did you watch any of the Daredevil series on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did this feel like the, the latest, uh, season here? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, they're definitely in that thematic vein of like yeah. Matt Murdock spiraling out of control. But to be fair, that's the vein that everyone has been tapping since Frank Miller. I mean, that like, yeah. like that's pretty much been Daredevil with one exception, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. That's pretty much been Daredevil the whole way through. So yeah. it definitely feels like it. Mark, Marco Cicchetto is a brilliant artist and his oh, stuff man. is really moody and dark. Yeah. And so it adds that air to, I mean, like, like his fight with the owls goons mm-hmm. felt very much like the hallway fight in Daredevil season. Oh, one, yeah. Except, except he loses. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about, man. I was like, this is, this is awesome. It, it's a little bit different. Cause yeah, he, he gets hurt and he loses and he doesn't get back up. But it, but it did feel like, you know, that moment when in, in the series where he's, he's getting knocked and he, and the ringing in his ears is happening in the show and, mm-hmm. and he, and he just can, keeps getting beat and beat. That's, that's kind of what I pictured in the, in this, uh, scene when that was hap- happening. It was, it was really great. And then my favorite, favorite page here, uh, in, of the whole book is right there when you first see that it's Spider-Man and he's standing up and he's, t- and he's t- kind of talking about, you can almost hear his muscles, uh, mm-hmm. t- tensing and, and, and stretching, but he doesn't know his power. He's just pure power. And I loved him. You see the Spider-Man there. The, oh, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, when, uh, 
when people are are watching a, a football game or something, something good happens. Everybody just jumps up and cheers. I kind of heard that <laughs> in my head when I when I read this page. It was really cool. Yeah, and that moment felt very actually felt very much like the Bendis run from Daredevil. Really good dialogue, and and he thinks to him, Daredevil thinks to himself like he's the best of us. Like yeah. he doesn't know it, but he's the best of us. And yeah. I was like, oh, he is the best of you. That's so cool. Like <laughs> like I love Spider Man getting a shout out. There's a, a moment in War of the Realms to that that mini that's going on right now with yeah. as, you know Asgard invading Earth, and Thor asks Spider Man to go on this mission. And Spider-Man's like, why are you asking me? Like, Cap's right over there uh-huh. and, like, other people over there. And he's like, no, I need you. You're the most human person I know. Yeah. And I'm like, look at Spider-Man getting love. This is great. <laughs> like, so, I, yeah. So, yeah, I, I love that moment. I loved it, too. And I, and I liked that, you know, it was Peter. Because Peter's, like, the heart of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And for him to come to him and be like, dude, it's over. And and if we see you out again, we're going to put you down. And for Matt to not, usually Matt Murdock would be like, you know, whatever, Ernie, like, you know, would fight him and be in his face. And for Matt to just like sink into a chair and be like, yeah, you're right. It's over. I mean, this is one of the most powerful comics I've read in a long time. Yeah. So like kudos to, to Zdarsky and Chichetto. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that page there when he sinks into that chair and he's almost like, oh, like I, I'm, uh, it's done. I'm done. And you kind of see this, uh, and he says, cast out the devil. And, and you've been kind of hearing this kind of voiceover with the, the priest kind of telling mm-hmm. you, just give it up, give it up uh, and stuff. And you see him sink down there. And then there's a one small panel underneath and, um, you see the shadow over his eyes. And then, and then his hair almost looks like a devil a little bit. Yeah. But, but what I, what I was looking at and, and it almost looked in that moment like, like, he gave it up like he gave up the ghost like he gave up mm-hmm. like it's almost transcending out of his body and it's just he's done with it and i thought that was such a great smart panel there because you got the the lights in the the the, the in the background there you got his hair looking like devil horns and this this uh perfect uh uh shadow right over his eyes it's such an amazing amazing page here yeah the art is just moody and really atmospheric and and it, the, the, that moment when he sinks into the chair, it reminded me, like, especially kind of as you get older and your parents are getting older and you're, you know, that, like that generation, uh-huh. like that moment where like your dad or like, you know, your uncles or something, they ask you to do like, oh, hey, can you go pick that up? Or can you yeah. carry that thing? Cause they're just getting older and you look at them and you're like, oh man, like, like uh-huh. the, this mountain, this thing I thought was once invulnerable is yeah. like breaking down as yeah. all things do. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, oh man, no, Daredevil is inevitable. He's like always going to be there. Yeah. He always gets back up off the mat. That's his thing. And it's like, no, he's 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 counting himself out. So like, yeah. obviously, he's going to come back. There's going to still be a Daredevil series, but it, it is good. It is, in fact, it kind of. I said this about action. This is one of the top five series on the on the stands right now, and I hope yeah. people are reading it because yeah. Zadarsky and Chichetto are killing it. It is so good. Yeah, I, th- I think that was that's a very interesting interesting thought there so uh, you know it's just like you know his his dad's a boxer right it, mm-hmm. and, and there comes a time in a in a boxer's career where you know the, you can just tell that you know it's time to kind of you know retire for a little while and mm-hmm. and you see that how tired they are that that they, they they've just 
been beat. Their their body has just just deteriorated, and they just can't fight like they used to anymore. There's always that time in their career, right? And then they, after a while, they come back and they come right fighting right out the gate, and and it's almost like they did when they first got into it and, and into that ring, right? And, and I really really hope that we're gonna see something like that with him. And give him some time to kind of, you know, rest up and all that stuff. But I, I am interested to see where this goes. I really hope that he kind of rests up and comes right back and jumps right at, back into that ring, uh, stronger like Spider-Man said that, that he did. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. And I think, you know, I think that's the way this arc's going to go where they're going to, he's going to have to like kind of rebuild himself. But it's, it's done. It's been, it's just been really so well written. And it's a hard thing to pull off because, and, and this will lead me to my second pick. Daredevil comics, like Matt Murdock himself, uh, tend to be somewhat bipolar. Okay. I mean, they're really at the extremes where, you know, in his, in his inception, he's a swashbuckling, kind of <laughs> high flying, you yeah. know, swinging good time superhero. And his book has a lot of melodrama in the beginning, a lot mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I love Karen Page, but I can't tell her and, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's still a fun and he's like a wise cracking kind of Spider-Man-ish yeah. character. And then it gets a little darker in like the mid 150s. And then Frank Miller takes over in like the very early 80s. And it's straight dark, like ninjas, the hand, Electra, bullseye. I mean, all the tropes we now associate with Daredevil. Yeah. And that Miller run is so influential that literally every run after for many, many, many years is darkity dark, dark, right? It's like, <laughs> how much guilt can we put on him? How dark can we make this book? And yeah. And there's one blip, Carl Kiesel and Carrie Nord do a run in the mid-90s that people forget that tries to be a little happier and fun, but it only lasts a little bit. Yeah. So it's all dark, 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 dark. And then thank God, uh, because in 2007, Mark Wade, Paolo Rivera, Marcos Martin, eventually Chris Samney, they come on the book and Wade is like, no, enough. Like, enough with the Frank Miller hangover. Mm-hmm. We get it. You're dark and brooding. Let's go back to your kind of fun-loving swashbuckler ways. Yeah. And so my second pick is right from the heart of that run, and it's Daredevil issue seven. Now this is volume three from uh, 2012. So for, from 2012, volume three, and it's Mark Wade, Paolo Rivera, and uh, Joe Rivera on inks, and it's a really cool story. So basically, Matt Murdock every year sponsors a group of blind students from a local school and takes them out onto a trip where they could kind of expose themselves to the world a little bit. And he, and he tells one of his confidants, I do it. I take them someplace out of their comfort zone so they can start to realize just how much they can actually do. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. And on the way to this trip, they get stuck, caught in a snowstorm. I mean, this is totally human stuff, not superhero stuff. The bus crashes, bus driver dies. And and Matt Murdock, Daredevil, has to take these kids, these blind kids, out into this snowstorm and try to find, yeah, uh, you know, a place of safety. And he, and he's worried he's not going to be able to do it. Now I know I just said this book is not darkity dark dark, and that sounds really <laughs> dark, but it's not. It's a really uplifting story. I mean, there's some really yeah. funny moments. He flashes back to his Christmas party. And this is when his, his identity had been revealed and he had denied it. And he's wearing a red sweater that says, I am not Daredevil. Yeah. It's Matt Murdock. It's really <laughs> funny. But it's such an uplifting book. The way it ends, the way the in the end, he he actually cannot get the kids to safety. He's injured. And it's the kids who help him and rescue him yeah. and, get, and get everybody saved. So what were your thoughts on this? Because this is a, a real contrast to issue five 
of the current volume that just came out. I thought it was really interesting. And you're, you're right. It is definitely a contrast because in the last book we talked about, he was trying to, to fight these guys, but he just, he just couldn't get there. He couldn't, uh, you know, fight like he usually does. But in mm-hmm. this one, you know, nothing is going to come against him. Nothing is going to stop him from getting these kids back home. And he fights at all odds to get them there and he does and he does very well until he actually physically can't and when he physically can't he's still trying and then the kids come to his rescue i thought that was really interesting because in the other one he's just he just kind of sinks in he's like he's like i'm done i'm I, i've done i've i fought too much i i've i've you know gone through the snowstorm and gotten everybody to safety i can't do that anymore and I thought it was really interesting to see that kind of contrast and see where he's at now. Yeah. And I think it's, this is why I picked the issues to pair together because thematically they're so interesting, but they represent the full spectrum of who Daredevil is as a character. Because in the current issue five by Zdarsky and Chichetto, he won't give up even though he needs to and has to be told to. And in issue five by Wade and Rivera back from 2012, he won't give up be, and he can't. And he needs it others to come in and say like, Hey, we'll help carry you. So we're like, Spider-Man yeah. tells him, stop. I'm here to help you by help by stopping you. These kids are like, no, let us help carry you over the finish line. You've gotten us this far. Yeah. And it's really cool. In fact, the, the scene where he's fallen and he's like broken his leg or ankle and he cannot go any further in the mm-hmm. snow. Yeah. So these kids go and they dig up sticks and they find they had been all holding onto this rope together so they wouldn't lose each other because they're, they're blind. And they're in a snowstorm and they get these sticks and they, they make like a makeshift sled and they put them on top of it and they take him through the snow. And the image is so cool because the way it's drawn, their tracks in the snow as they're dragging him, it looks like a hand with fingers. Yeah. And it's almost this visual metaphor of like, hey, we all need help sometimes. Like yeah. we all need to accept the extended hand. Yeah. And, and this time it's him doing it really nobly and heroically yeah. and, and in a, a really uplifting way. Whereas in the current issue, it's like the extended hand will also be a fist that will knock you down if you don't stop. Yeah. I like that. I don't think I can say anything else about that, man. That's, that's perfect. He is just striving to get these kids to safety and he just can't. And it's definitely uplifting in this moment because like you said, they're trying to get him. They, they come back and they grab him and they, and they want to take him past that finish line where in the other one, you know, you, Hey, you know, you, you're, you're trying so hard to, to reach that finish line, but you're doing it in the wrong way. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. And in a way that is hurting everybody, you know, they even say that you that you're hurting us in the last issue or something like that. Yeah, Spider Man basically says like, if you keep going out there the way you are, yeah. you're gonna hurt all of us. Yeah, like, he says, like you're gonna de- ruin this for everybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, like you know, Spider Man said that. That's so, such a such an amazing thing to see here. You know, that people would come back in, in this issue and actually, you know physically carry him because he's so so being so noble in this moment but in in the in the other issue he he's i don't want to say he's lost that nobility but you know it almost mm. feels like he hit yeah yeah no i would totally agree with you i think i think these are two very different matt murdochs in fact i i would ask have you have you read much of the wade run no, uh, no, the, the, no. Uh, i would just I, i'd so highly recommend it because like i said daredevil for so many decades has been this really dark brooding character and i'm not saying that's negative because like the the frank miller run is brilliant obviously the and no senti john Ramita jr run is my favorite run yeah but it was so nice it was like 
It was like being trapped. It was like, it was, I mean, we both live in Arizona. It was like living in Arizona in the summer and then suddenly going to San Diego. Like it was like this breath of fresh, cool air where it was like, Hey, the stakes are still high and the stories are still serious, but they're more fun and they're more lively and there's more energy and there's more nobility and hope and they're, and they're pretty much going to end okay, even though they don't always. But this was a, I think this, this issue, in fact, epitomizes that run for me. And I just thought it was a cool contrast to the current run, which is way darker. Again, still really great, but it's a nice balance to have a little bit of a sweet and the sour, you know? Yeah, I think it was definitely a great issue. I think I like the uh, number five a whole lot more because of how, you know, it, it kept me super interested. I But I tend, I, I, I mean, come on, I'm a Batman guy. I, I tend <laughs> to follow the, the darker stuff a little bit more. <laughs> but this one is such a fun, fun issue. It, and it is. It's, it's, you see Matt Murdock, the daredevil, the hero here, because he's helping these kids. He doesn't want, you're stuck in a snowstorm. You got to get these kids to safety and he, and he will sacrifice himself at all odds, uh, you know, to get these these children home back home to their parents that's just amazing you know i i would i would hope that you know is if you know god forbid something everywhere would happen to me and i would be that kind of person to mm-hmm. to sacrifice myself for the for somebody else so i really like this one too but i think my pick would probably be number five just because of the action and how um how cool it was that's really interesting actually when you said earlier that you preferred one much more than the other I would have bet money it was on the, the issue seven, the, the more hopeful kid issue, especially being dads, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, oh, these are kids and they're in danger, but they, they show how strong they are. So I was like, I would have bet money on that. It's, so it's interesting that you like the current <laughs> one best. And, um, are, do you, are you picking up that current Daredevil series? No, but I think I'm going to now. And, and, I, yeah. and maybe I only like it because it, it made me feel like it was, you know, the, the Netflix show all over again. And a lot mm. of people, they don't like all those Netflix, uh, you know, Marvel shows. I loved them all. Every single one oh, yeah. of them. And people talk down on, on, uh, you know, uh, Iron Fist on Iron Fist. <laughs> But I, I loved Iron Fist, man. Did you? Iron Fist was, I, I, and people are probably gonna turn off their their stop the, the, the podcast now and and unsubscribe. But and before we even <laughs> before we even start, but dude, I think you know Iron Fist was my favorite of all. Mall. Oh wow! <laughs> and I wow. Yeah, dude, I'm probably the only one, but I liked it. Yeah, I, you might be. <laughs> I I liked moments in it. I I loved Colleen Wing, but it was not my favorite dude, of them all. That's the only one that I've watched over and over again. That's still out. Oh wow! Even right now, I'll, I'll, I'd still go watch it. That's that's really. Funny. It would be that one and, and Daredevil, probably. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I, I like that recommendation for your listeners that if they liked the Daredevil Netflix series and they want a comic book, but not like a comic book version of it, but a comic book thematically in the same vein. Yeah. I, I can't recommend this current run highly enough. I mean, and actually, I, I posted this on Twitter once, and I'm, I'm going to say it. I think pound for pound, Daredevil that as a character has had more consistently great runs than maybe any character in comics. Because you can go all the way back to 80, 81, 82 with Frank Miller, and you really only have maybe one kind of weakish run all the way since then. So, yeah. wow. so it's, you know, he's a great, yeah, it's a great character, and I'm glad to see that that's continuing. Yeah, you said that these guys uh, on this on this number seven that they jumped on in what you said two thousand seven. This issues from two thousand twelve. That's that's pretty. Yeah, good no, run. I I was 
I was way off. No, I was way off oh. in my date. Uh, oh, they my. jumped on in like 2011, 2012. Okay. But they, they did. But that's still. I think they were on the book for a good four years. Yeah. They did a good like four or five years of comics with that. But that's still a pretty good run, man. I mean. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, right now we got, you know, with, with like, uh, you know, Tom King on, on being on Batman for so long and, and, you, you nobody ever really stays on a book that long anymore. I saw, oh, sorry, they just say they reboot them so quickly sometimes <laughs> that it's like hard to keep track of a team. Right, and it's hard, and, and yeah, every, every time it's almost like every time you turn around, there's a new team coming on a book. And mm-hmm. I mean, I did, I did uh, like the idea of you know Tom King being on Batman for a while, and, and unfortunately now there's rumors you know that he's not going to be there, and he's going to kind of. Um, he was supposed to be on to like 105 or something like that, and now mm-hmm. he's going to. Um, come off the book in like in 80s or something like that i, I don't well, know well there's news on that though is there's, there so he yeah so he is off the book at on issue 85 so okay. that's about 15 issues early but he is doing a batman catwoman 12 issue miniseries okay so when he jumps off the book he's going to immediately jump on to this miniseries maxi series where he's going to finish telling his story so so yeah dc okay. wasn't dc wasn't stupid they were like look King is our best writer. Yeah. Batman's our best selling book. And and I think the impetus behind it was they wanted to go monthly. The, the Batman twice monthly wasn't working. So they're going back to Batman being monthly. I think they're doing maybe a, a more traditional take, but they're still letting King tell his story. So no, they actually, I think they, they did the smartest thing ever because yeah. I love Tom King and I would have been furious if they would have stopped his run early. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting his run finished and people who weren't into his run, which I can totally understand, get something maybe more traditional. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I heard that, cause I, I haven't, uh, been, um, looking, cause I've been working the last few days, so I haven't really kind of caught up on all my comic book, uh, news and all that stuff. But that's great to hear because the last thing I heard was that he was falling off at around the eighties. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, what's going to happen to the, to the story? Because now I'm invested in the story. Yeah. Me too. So I, I'm, I'm glad that he's, that he's going to be able to finish his story because I was, I'm super invested, but now they're Now they're just trying to get my money somewhere else. <laughs> well, exactly. And now I'm going to be buying three bat books instead of the two. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm really enjoying Peter Tomasi on, oh, man, on detective. It's so, so good. Oh, it is. And so I'm hopeful that whoever they get for, for Batman, and I'm praying it's not Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> only because I want him to focus. Well, only because I want him to focus on yeah, Superman. On Superman, Superman yeah. runs good, and the thing that killed him at Marvel, the thing that did him in, is he spread himself too thin, and, mm-hmm. and the quality went down. So I don't want him to go on to it. So I'm hoping they get somebody like Rucka or somebody else, Warren Ellis or something. Yeah, he's but I'm like, doing, oh great, man. He's already doing a lot right now. You know, he's doing all his uh, his uh, Jinx World books. Oh yeah, and then the two Superman. So I mean, mm-hmm. well, Naomi and uh, Young Justice, that whole Wonder line. Yeah. He's which is delightful. Too. He's doing Yeah, a yeah, whole so lot. I don't I don't want him on Batman at all. I want him far away from Batman so that he doesn't <laughs> spread himself too thin. But yeah. but anyway, it's good news and 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 actually it's it's kind of interesting because Batman and Daredevil are similar in that, you know, Frank Miller put this dark stamp on yeah. both of them in the 80s mm-hmm. and that the, neither of them has really escaped and I feel like, you know, Tom King's run is a big break from that. Even though it's dark at times, it's way more human and humane and character driven instead of like the, I am the night, you know, kind of, you know, stuff that, and, and there's been a lot of great Batman runs since Miller, but I was, I like getting that breath of fresh air, just like I liked getting the breath of fresh air on Daredevil from Wade and Samney and Rivera. Yeah. Even though I'm totally cool with him being back in the, you know, in the darkness. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on this. These were fun, man. These were really good to talk yeah. about. Yeah. No, this was great, man. I, I appreciate it. I, you know, I host, 
you know, just Marvel shows really. Not that, I, and I'm a Marvel and DC guy, you know, collected both for years, but I just, you know, our niche just happens to be Marvel. So I am on board anytime I get to come on and talk about, and current comics especially. So, so yeah, look, I know it's the first episode, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay my flag on the ground and just say, anytime you want me back, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Heck yeah, man. I'm definitely going to probably be calling you again because this, I love your insight. Every single time that uh, I talk to you, you have some great, great stuff to talk about. And I, you know, you are definitely one of those uh, guys that if I, if I've got a question, I'm definitely going to go to you, especially for Marvel stuff, because I am, I used to be more into Marvel stuff back in the day when I was first collecting and I kind of fell off and I started doing the DC stuff uh, with Bill. And, you know, so I kind of fell off the Marvel stuff. So now I'm really glad that I'm getting into this and now I can kind of jump into this, the Marvel, both worlds, the big two and, and kind of uh, get back into this stuff. Cause this is what I love. I love reading uh, both, both, uh, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I, so I appreciate you having me on and, and I'm super excited for the new show, man. I can't wait to listen. Thanks. I appreciate it. We're going to be doing some really cool stuff. Um, I'm excited for it. Where can we find you? So like you said in the beginning, I have some shows on the Pulp to Pixel podcast network. We have Secret Wars and Beyond. We have What If Cast, which covers What If. And we have guests on who talk about their favorite issues. We have Squadron Supreme Cast, which talks about the great Mark Runewald, Bob Hall miniseries from the 80s that influenced everything from Watchmen to Kingdom Come. And uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Sean42AZ. And yeah, I'd let people, you know, I'd love to hear some feedback. And it, I'd, like I said, I never get to talk DC. So I'd love to get some feedback from some DC fans. Definitely. De- definitely. So go on over and, and they're on iTunes. Go to iTunes, like, subscribe and review. They would definitely love all that stuff. So head on over there and check them out. And uh, I, the last last episode was so awesome. I'm, I'm waiting for the next one, man. Oh, thanks, man. It's, it's coming soon. It's coming in the next week. Awesome. Awesome. So I got something to, to listen to coming up pretty soon. So cool, cool. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll go ahead and uh, move on to our uh, seg- next segment. It's time for the Comic Shop Adventure segment. All right, guys. My next segment is a really cool one. This one is actually one of my favorite ones here. This one is called comic shop adventures this is a segment where i kind of do a handful of little cool things here inside the comic shop maybe sometimes i'll interview some comic shop owners maybe i'll interview some local comic book artists but this week on this episode i'm going to be walking into one of my favorite comic shops it's monster comics and the owner todd is really cool He's uh, one of those guys that just really has a passion for comic books, and he had to open up the store because of his passion. So let's go ahead and walk right into the shop. This week, I'm talking to the owner of Monster Comics. He's located at 1803 East Rio Salado in uh, Tempe. It's Suite 104. His name is Todd Harvey. And the really cool thing that he does uh, every week he has a live auction on Facebook and he, and he, they do some really cool stuff there. About a month ago, they auctioned off Thor 390, the first time Cap wielded Mjolnir. So that was really cool. And tonight they're actually doing a live auction on his page and you guys can head on over there. It's Todd Harvey's Facebook page and he will also send it over to the, the Monster Comics, uh, page as well. So how's it going, Todd? 
I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, Joey. Yeah, you're welcome, man. So I found you, and I'm going to go into this a little bit because uh, this is kind of a fun little thing here. One day, one day I was shopping uh, right across the street because we got Tempe Marketplace right across the street, and I was shopping, and I saw that you guys had, that there was a big, huge sign out there. And there was a comic shop. I was like, whoa, there's a cool comic shop out here. I only knew of the two comic shops that were uh, in the vicinity of, of us here. There's a couple of different other shops. And I meant to come out here and check you guys out. And I never did. And then one day I said, you know, what? I'm going to go check it out, see if that shop is still there. Came over here, talked to you. And then I've been coming ever since. You had a really cool rule uh, for kids and stuff. You want to go into that a little bit? Yeah. So um, when I was introduced to comics, I was a small kid. It's important to me. Um, that we continue the um, the hobby. We need kids to get yeah. it again. There's too yeah. many video games and all those other things, and that, I, mean, I want kids to read comics and get to, get into them like I did. So my rule is, if you're you're coming here where your parents, a small child comes in here and they've never bought a comic book, definitely never bought a comic book for me. My rule is that you cannot leave my store without having a uh, free dollar book that you can pick out. So I let them pick it out. And I said my rules are though you have to read it. And the next time I see you, you have to tell me what happened. So Yeah, I brought my son in, and you did that same thing. And he was so excited about it. He went home, and he read it. I haven't been able to bring him back into the shop uh, for him to talk to you about it, though. But he will be coming in soon because he keeps asking me, Dad, when are we going to go back to Monster? And I said, soon, son, soon. <laughs> so I probably should have brought him in today and had him talk to you about that. And, but he- and that's my and, – and that's my – I love the look on kids' faces when yeah. they – when they read comics for the first time, I actually had a friend of mine came in here with his nephew and I brought him in and I just would talk to him. And then what was cool and kind of hit me, um, is that is when he's leaving, he looks up to his uncle and his dad. And he said, I really love this, sh- this shot, dad. And yeah. then, so I love that. I love the atmosphere having welcoming kids in, be loud, be crazy. As long as you don't damage anything, I want kids in here. You know what I'm saying? I want them to have fun in here. Yeah. So that's why I have a couch here with a TV. If they get bored, they can we'll sit them, down. We'll sit down, watch TV, read a book. We'll let them read a comic book while they're here. So. Yeah, and that's really cool because some shops they they have that rule. Oh, we're not a library. We're a comic shop. We're here to sell. Right. And I like that aspect that you you actually it's inviting, and and that's one of the things that kind of you know turn people off a little bit. You walk into a shop, it's quiet. Uh, nobody talks to anybody. Right. They don't. It's not that inviting anymore, and I love that this atmosphere of this shop, and that's one of the reasons why I, I love it so much because it's, it's so cool, and I love that that kind of uh, invitation there that you got going on in this store. And well, we, I appreciate have, it. we love having you in here, so I appreciate. <laughs> it. Yeah, thank you, and you guys are really cool. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your store and and a little bit about your background in, in comic books. So tell me a little bit about how you got your shop started. So um, back up to about the mid late 90s and F- ebay was feebay if you want to call it feebay <laughs> ebay was just brand new um and okay. i wanted i was collecting and i started finding that if you could buy collections you could pick out what you like uh-huh and then maybe i could sell them sell the rest on ebay so yeah, that's how yeah. i started so i started doing that a couple collections then i started building and then i learned about comic cons that were here in the valley so i started yeah. doing a couple comic cons and then right before I retired, I learned about the collector's marketplace. It was at 20th Street and Indian School here in, in, in Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. So the, it's great because they had vendors to come in and you rent a small space. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like baby steps to your own store, right? Okay. So you go yeah. in there, you, you get you get a small space, you rent this place, you, you set up. It's kind of Comic-Con that never ends type of thing. So I had my, had my I'm, I used to be called Night Owl Comics. Okay. 
And, That's kind uh, of a cool name. Yeah. It was because I was up late at night doing eBay. So that was basically <laughs> what it was. So I, I had a, a booth in there for about four or five years. And then my buddy Martin, who owned this door, um, he approached me and said, hey, do you want to buy Monster for me? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So we worked out something where it worked price-wise for both of us. I moved in here in September, and it's been a blast ever since. Um, it has its slow days. It has its fast days. And um, the great thing is that for those who came in last year that uh, haven't come in this year, we have AC in here now. So <laughs> we uh, so during the summer, it's not it's going to be unbearable like it was yeah. last year. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're lucky this year that it's been a little bit cooler because it would be really, really hot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's awesome, man. I, I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, so what was the very first book that you ever, that you ever read? So I, uh, you talked to me a little bit about I, it earlier. My first, as a juvenile, I remember reading my first X-Men comic was yeah. X-Men 166. Okay. Oh, cool. But my first introduction to comics were back when I was like five or six years uh-huh. old. And my dad collected a lot of, my dad, who's passed away now, but uh, he uh, he collected a lot of military, master kung fu, okay, uh, western like he Jonah Joan Hex, yeah, Sergeant cool. Fury, Sergeant Rock, Haunted Tank, uh, Conan the Barbarian. He loved all that stuff, so he, that's what he got me into. That's where I really started collecting. And then he would take my brother and I to the PX on military post and say, "You can pick out three comics." So we both pick out three comics. That's awesome. But well, the good thing was back in the 70s, this is back in the 70s because I'm really old, but back in the <laughs> 70s, DC had these 180-page books. So yeah. if you got an 80-page book, you really got like four books in one, right? So yeah. I'm like, of course I'm going to get a book that has right. more yeah. pages. So uh, that's I started in DC, but I'm a true Marvel guy now. Okay, um, I'm an X-Men, Wolverine, and Captain America guy through and through. Awesome, awesome. My, my first book that I ever actually bought was an X-Men book and I'm a huge DC guy. Yeah. But I, but I picked up a X-Men books and it was the, um, it was the Jim Lee cover. I think we came in and yeah, I talked to you about number that. Number one. Yeah. Number one. I came in and I even picked up a book from you. You did. And I was like, I need this cover because I have cover B. So you got the fold out one, right? Yeah. I think the one you, that folds out. I yeah. think you got me that one. Yeah, yeah. You, you said you had to get this one. So I was right. like, all right, perfect. Right. This right. is, this is awesome. I'll pick that one nice. up. Nice. And I got it at home. I got it in my, in my collection, but yeah, man. And, 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 I saw it on, on all over the place for really, really high priced, and you had actually had it in here for a pretty good price. So a lot of stuff that you guys have on the wall, I was checking out, and it's not really crazy price. So I love the prices in here because you can actually go dig, and you can find something that you know. Because there's a lot of shops out there that they won't keep the good books in their bins, right? Uh, that you know they'll 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 throw them on the wall. They'll put right. like a they'll put like a like a super high price on them. And here you guys can come on in here and dig and you guys can find those gems, right. which is pretty good. And I love that because that's one of the things that you told me about. That's, that was your passion to keep those, keep, you want to put books in people's hands. You don't want them that it's not all about the money. It's not all about the crazy. I mean, obviously we need to make some sure. money to keep, a, a keep place, the lights on, right? Keep the lights on. But you know, it's all about the passion. It's all about creating uh, an atmosphere of putting, books into people's hands and bringing them into the shop. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to get people aware, hey, because we got all these movies out, right? Right. That And you ask somebody, anybody who loves all these Marvel movies that are out, and they never stepped one foot in a comic shop. Truly. So how do you, how do you, how do you bridge that gap? And I think, yeah. so how, how I, that's one thing that I wanted to ask you. So how would you uh, bridge that gap? Well, I, I would take people back to... Where did this story come from? Where do you think this all came from? Captain America didn't start in the movies. Yeah, Iron Man right. didn't start in the movies. Guess yeah. what? 
Captain America and Iron Man have done so many cool things prior to this that right. I'm sure you would love to read. Um, it had to start somewhere, and it didn't start in the movies. So you, you should go back and collect the older stuff. So go back and collect her. You don't even have to go back to the 60s. Go back to the 80s. There was amazing stuff that happened yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. So I say, if you love the movies, you don't have to wait another whole year for the next movie to come out. Right. Go to a comic shop. Start asking the comic guys, how, what do I, should I collect? I love Iron Man. I love X-Men. So what should I start collecting? And nine times out of the ten, you're going to get someone to step up and say, this is where I would start. You should start mm-hmm. with trades or you should yeah. start with – they're going to have different ideas, but at least you're going to have some direction where to go. Right, so, right. I mean, that's how you do it. Bridge the gap. You don't have to wait a year for the next movie to come out, man. Just go to a comic shop and you can read the next story. Right, and that's that's awesome because that's where they go for the source material, right? Truly. So I think that's awesome. I, I, I enjoy that um, come that aspect. Um so I wanted to talk about a little bit more about your shop here. Sure. Um, when you come on in, there's tons of bins all over the place. <laughs> you guys got slabs and, and you guys got a great collection of slabs, man. Thanks, man. Um, and I saw you guys actually have an auction, uh, on Facebook and you guys sell some really cool stuff. And I was actually on one of them and I was like, man, I, I read, I leaned over to my wife and I said, Hey, can I buy this book? <laughs> and she's like, are you kidding me right now? Go to bed. But, right. But like, you guys have some great deals going oh, thanks, on, man. and and that's a, such a fun thing to to check out. Like I've never actually heard of anybody doing and like Facebook live auctions myself. It's a new thing, but now everybody's doing it. It's <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. You guys, I really hope everybody kind of listens to this and goes and checks them out. And 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 you don't have to be local to buy. Nope. And I saw that you guys have tons of people. You guys ship them out and all we that do. good stuff too. We'll ship them to you. And so that's really cool. So people, if you're listening out there, go to their page and, and, and watch it, watch it on Wednesdays and, and check them out. So, um, I, I, what else do you got? You guys just came from Phoenix Fan Fusion, right? Yeah, we sure So did. how did that go? Um, I had, I had a good time. Yeah. I did okay sales wise. Met a lot of really cool customers and uh, handed out some flyers to get them to come here. Um, cool. I, I always have a good time at cons. That's one yeah. of my favorite things yeah. to do, but, uh, it's there's improvements they could make, but I'm I'm, I'm happy <laughs> Just overall. Just like anything, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm I, I'm hope, I made money. I met some great people, and and hopefully I get some of those customers that came met me there that will yeah. come in here. So yeah, one thing that I have a problem with uh, with a uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion is the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even call it that. I have to admit, I have to make a confession that I refuse to call it Phoenix Fan Fusion. I say it's Phoenix Comic Con. It's like I mean, I, we all get it. I understand right. because of the whole. San Diego Comic Con thing or whatever. They're, they, they're suing everybody well, for the name. Well, just because you got sued doesn't mean I can't still call it that. <laughs> right. But the thing is, uh, it's a con, it's a com- comic it's, book convention. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, they have, you know, fan, uh, fandoms and all the thing, everything right. within that universe. But, uh, you know, whatever. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could go on and on about that. I could think of a thousand other names no. of the fan fusion. <laughs> right. But yeah, man. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, so I, I wanted to get into kind of a, how our, our layout is set up, um, if you don't mind. I'd like to get into... So we yeah, have, go ahead. Unfortunately, the way the market is, if it's not a key and it's not it's from the 70s on, good chance it's not going to be a book that someone wants to pay a lot of money for. And I get that. I understand. Yeah. It took me five years to get it, but I get it. Because mm-hmm. I used to price and grade and stuff. If it's a $3 book, I'd put $3 on it. Unfortunately, okay. that, that's not the market. So I have um, dollar boxes that really have better than dollar books in it. I yeah. 
$2 boxes that really have, it's got more modern, like some of the new 52 stuff, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that should not be in there that's in there. Right. Unfortunately, that's just the market. And then in the back wall, I have my, my runs of, of stuff. If you're looking for a particular issue of a, of a, of a series, there's a good chance I have it in the back. And then, uh, I had sets and then on the wall, I had my keys. I have some cases that have keys and we have slabs. And we also get new comics in here. So we're, we're a, a budding new comic store too. So we, so we started getting new comics in here in March and my, my friend, uh, Kevin partner slash vendor. Yeah. He's been getting new comics, so we've been trying to build up some as as many as we can mm-hmm. as any business is. Yeah, get some more uh, box holders in here, and people get pull lists. So just so everybody knows, and we free bags. So we get free bags and boards with new comics. I'm sure that he could talk right. a little bit of a discount yeah. if he bought <laughs> quite a bit. But um, so we got new books in here, and you can have a pull box where every time when something yeah. comes out, you're gonna have it sitting here waiting on you. So awesome, yeah. That's I I always I was always a pull lister guy um, a while back. I was, I was working like three jobs yeah. and, and my, for me to wind down, I had to grab some yeah. books and, but it got a little out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> like I it was, always does. I was right. And it does because I, I, I started uh, going into my shop and they're like, all right, 50 bucks. And I was right. like, oh man. And it was like almost every week I was going and they're picking up $50 worth of books. Right. And then it turned, yeah. And it, yeah. it could turn into a hundred dollars real quick, real easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then my wife was like, this is you're you're spending two hundred dollars a month. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably about me. I spent probably about that. I got to where I'd spend about two hundred dollars a month on on books. <laughs> yeah, man, that's funny. So, um, so what's your favorite all time comic book ever? Wow, wow. Well, I got to say that there's a a few. St- I can't pick a favorite comic as much as I can tell you a storyline. Storyline. Okay. One of the storylines that as a kid I remember reading. And take making the most impact on me. Of course, there's Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh-huh. And there's all the Corvax Saga. I okay. think in X and in, in Avengers was like one of those. Like I remember because all the Avengers were killed in that book. Yeah, they killed. He, so Corvax is basically a all omnipotent power guy, mm-hmm. and he's just trying to impress his girl. And he's not evil. He's kind of like Thanos was. He's not really quite evil, mm-hmm. but he's he just has bad intentions. Yeah. So at the end of the book, the collector was involved. Such a cool story. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. It was awesome. So yeah. at the end of the story, during the ultimate battle, he's killing off the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight killing them. And then he'll bring them back. Yeah. And then he kills them again. It's just amazing. I remember that and making a huge impact on my, on me as a kid thinking I just saw Captain America just got killed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so as far as comics go, I mean, Bron- I'm a Bronze Age guy. The 1970s. Cool. Yeah. That's my jam. That's my, I have a piece of artwork here in the shop that's a piece of Alex Ross artwork. And the uh-huh. name of it, I believe, yeah. is called um, 70s Explosion. Okay. It's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's got my, that, yeah. It's got my 70s jam on it. My you know, I, I Phoenix. Think you, I saw you pick that up yeah. recently, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I did it at Tucson. I walked up and said, I got to have that. I got to have it. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you're showing that to me. Yeah. So is there like a holy grail that you that you have in your mind that you always wanted to pick up, but you may not have been able to do it? What is that holy grail? Um, it's going to have to be uh, an Avengers number one okay, or an X-Men number one. I'm a little bit torn on that book, too. Yeah. I, 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 I got to have one of both. All right. So, But they're, they're, those are the two books that I, I hope to have one day. Uh, uh-huh. I don't have them in my collection. I've had them in my – I've had a, an Avengers one in my store. I just didn't okay. keep it for myself because, you know, it's a business. But uh, I would right. love to have right. one in my own collection. And you, So you wouldn't put it in the store? I, I, it would have to be one of those things where I'm sitting out – 
as a mission <laughs> to hunt one for myself. Right, right. I couldn't if it walked in the store. I would be I'd be like, "Oh, I want it, but I can't keep it, so yeah. I'm gonna have to sell it." So, <laughs> so, uh, so, tell me a little bit. You got a collection at home? I do. So, how big is your collection? So it's I keep mine in stuff in uh, the four drawer filing cabinets, legal filing cabinets. Okay, and I have ten of those. Oh wow! So, and each filing cabinet, you can get eight long boxes. Wow, that's cool. So uh, okay. Yeah, so eight, so 80 long boxes basically in my collection. So what is the most valuable book you have in that collection? Probably my Hulk 181. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I got a Hulk 181 a a bunch of years back and uh, I've got some cool stuff, but that's probably the the most expensive. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I really love the shop. I, I love this whole, this atmosphere. I love that you have, you know, again, I, 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 you have, Books in the dollar bins that yep. you know that other people would never have in there. Truly, they would throw it up on uh, for a little bit high, higher price. Yep. I was, I was, we had uh, you had we had um you had an event going off for Free Comic Book Day, and I spent a couple of hours in here where digging. And my son, to the point where my son is like, Dad, can we go yet? Right. I was like, I was like, why don't you go sit over there and watch a movie? That's awesome. <laughs> but but yeah, I spent hours and hours digging. And, and and the stuff that I was finding in there, man, I'm just telling you, this was some great stuff. I wish I had more money in my pocket, to, sure. so I can don't we all so I, <laughs> so I can walk out with some awesome stuff because right. I guarantee you, I would have walked out with probably a long box full of stuff yeah. that that I found in your guys in you guys' shop, and, and I love it. I'm actually I'm in here uh, today, and <laughs> and I was like, I'm walking out with a book today because because I just I had just had to have it. The thing that I'm going to do with this segment here is, is, uh, I'm calling this segment comic shop adventures. Yep. And there's another segment that I'm going to be doing here, uh, pretty soon. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to call it one tank, uh, uh, destinations where Perfect. I, f- I go fill up my tank, my gas tank, and then I go travel to comic shops and I go talk to the owners. Right. If they want to sit down and do an interview, we'll do it just like what we're doing here. So what's, what's cool is I want to, I want to go out and check out these shops and, and, and and see how they run and see what they got going on and, right. and their mission statement and all that good stuff. Right. Is there is, is there a suggestion where I should go first? Uh, drawn to comics. Okay. The, yeah. In Glendale, downtown yeah, Glendale. Okay. okay. Yeah. He yeah. has the best looking comic shop in the valley. Okay. Bar I think nine. I've been there a couple of different times. It's the coolest looking shop. Now, he has his own niche. Uh-huh. He doesn't always have what I have, and I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. We do cross the streams in certain routes, but it's, I love that we all have a specialty here in the Valley. Right. Yeah. We all have something that we mm-hmm. specialize at. Mine is back issues, um, and keys. I'm not the only one that does that, but yeah. that's my specialty. Um, drawn to comics, which has a ridiculous atmosphere, a ridiculous yeah. setup. Yeah. So. It is. It's really, and really the owner, cool. Ken is an, is an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always those, those people you walk in and, and, and you get, and I don't want to talk down, but, but there's, there's always that comic snob. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen <laughs> and then it. you walk into a shop and you get the comic snob who thinks that you don't know more than they do or they think right. they know more than they do and you get turned off. And, it's and my I, job to educate you. And yeah. And that's, it's my job to tell you stories, tell you about cool stuff. You exactly. know this? How about this? Did you know about that? That's really cool. You should yeah. look into it. And I love that. I love it. That's re- one of the reasons why I keep coming back is because I love that. And my, my, my son, he, he, he's, he's one of those guys. He, I mean, he, I mean, come on, he's a kid. Right. He doesn't know everything. Right. And you, you, 
you walk into a shop, you got somebody, you know, teaching you a little bit. There you go. That's awesome. I love it. All right, man. That's I appreciate you hey, coming on. Thank you so this much. Was, I appreciate it. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, I, I, this was probably a little, little bit less uh, professional than than, any, <laughs> well, than I wanted to. <laughs> I've never been I've never been um, accused of being ultra professional, so it works out. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, guys. So we got a special uh, special offer here um, from Todd here, and you want to let us know what that is, Todd? Yeah. So I just want to be able to show Joey and Big Two some love. Uh, the podcast for appreciation of having. You come in here and, and show us the love. So uh, those of you that are listening to the podcast, do me a huge favor. When you come in here, uh, let us know how you found out about us. Let us know that Joey and, and the Big Two sent you um, by way of our interview here. And I will give you, I'm already giving a 25% off of my discount on my back issues. I will give you an additional 10% off for your first visit coming in here to the shop. If you mentioned that uh, you saw Joey or the Big Two's po- podcast. All right. Awesome. I appreciate you doing that for us. So, guys, if you come on in here to Monster Comics, located at 1803 East Rio Salado, Suite 104, he's got 25% off his back issues. So he will give you an additional 10% off if you mention that you heard the interview on the big two. Again, I think you. Uh, I appreciate you doing that for Absolutely. us, uh, Todd. And uh, we will, uh, man. Maybe we got to do this again sometime. Maybe, I love it. maybe we'll. I'll have you on for a topic or something next time. Yeah, you want me to talk about comics? We could do this all day. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, again, I appreciate you. Come on into Monster Comics, guys. This is a really cool shop, and come and dig. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll, we'll see you later. All right, guys. That was the very first episode of The Big Two. Hopefully, you guys liked it a whole lot. I enjoyed having Sean talking some books with me. Man, that was a really cool interview that I had with Todd over at the Monster Comics. Again, if you guys want to go ahead and hit me up, you can find me at the Big Two Pod. I am at the Big Two Pod on Instagram and the Big Two at Facebook. If you guys would like to email me, you can email me at thebig2podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and drop me a line over there. And we have a voicemail number. The voicemail number is 480-359-5943. If there's anything you'd like to hear on The Big Two, please drop me a line and let me know. And always, always head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and review. We will see you guys later, and I appreciate you listening to the very first episode of the Big Two Podcast. We will see you later.